Hello, this is episode 215 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Dr. Nisha Riley. This episode is on what Trump speaks to. Recording podcasts on a Sunday seems to be becoming a bit of a habit. I think it takes me about a week to process what's happening in the world right now. So I get told a lot, I feel as if you were writing to me personally. And sometimes I am. But here's the funny thing, if you write or you record a podcast with one person in mind, because you have that intention and that energy, you'll end up speaking to many, and you'll end up presenting the two sides of the coin, so that everyone can start to see each other's point of view. Some may have thought I recorded my reaction, my equal and opposite reaction podcast for black people. I didn't. I recorded it for a white team because I felt that they were the ones that needed to hear the message more. I recorded it for them with black pride in mind because it's the white teams who need to hear about black pride right now, not the black ones. What can I say to the people I know who support Trump? That's who this podcast is for. They are white, they're educated, they have jobs, good ones, they work in positions of power. Positions that are meant to be about protection, not power. They have family, and they have teens who are almost eligible to vote. And they're still really convinced that they've been wronged. And the difficulty I see is that no one's speaking to them. The good side represents everything that they hate. And it's the same system which has failed them, as has failed many black people. But they see the black people as their problem, the, the aspect in their way. They believe what they've been told. Without anyone in your way, you could have anything you want. So how are we going to reach these people? How am I ever going to make them see that their pain is minuscule in relation to black pain? And how can I possibly ask black people to have compassion for them? That's a big ask. Here's a quote from Toni Morrison's Beloved. Then anybody white could take your whole self for anything that came to mind. Not just work, kill or maim you, but dirty you. Dirty you so bad you couldn't like yourself anymore. Dirty you so bad you forgot who you were and couldn't think it up. You want the people who've generationally carried that kind of pain to see yours. To see that you've been feel as if you've been wronged. I think everything's possible, but even I don't think that's possible. And yet somehow we need to build a bridge here. And the turbulent waters below it aren't going to vanish on the 20th of January. There's a lasting legacy here, a global one. It's as if Trump has given a masterclass in speaking to every human insecurity, finding blame outside of yourself instead of responsibility. And in this way, I feel that he can't leave office untainted. He has to be held accountable for his impacts. If he's not, how many others will come after him feeling they can do the same thing? I was terrified to see a black representative waiting in the wings. And how much more complex will this be when the one who's self-serving is black? There was one Republican National Convention speaker this year that sounded just like Margaret Thatcher to me. 
my story of shopkeeper who knows the price of everything to the position of power. I think I find that even more terrifying. Trump speaks to the unbalanced masculinity, the unresolved masculine. I watch the most grounded men rolling behind his so-called success stories. Why else would you dress as a Viking warrior? He speaks to roles within society that are outdated. He speaks to a lack of equality, not just for women, but for race. But yet, he speaks to people in a way that they feel they're enjoying the status quo. But in fact, he's doing everything to keep it. He's doing everything to roll back the clock in terms of the roles between men and women, between black and white, between successful and unsuccessful. He's taking everything that we've gained in modern society and asking us to trash all of it. And that's very hard to make any sense of or to figure out who he's representing because it's not really representation, it's all about self-interest and anarchy. It's like asking you to feel that Hitler's ideals were in some way objective. When you start to pick through it and try to make sense of, of the, the conflicts and the inconsistencies in what he's asking people to do and in those insecurities he's speaking to, there's no sense. But yet, he speaks to everybody in a way about wanting to destroy what's in front of them because that's in their way. I'm going to end in another quote of simplicity from Tony Morrison's beloved. His first earned purchase made him glow, never mind the turnips were withered dry. That was when he decided that to eat, walk, sleep anywhere was life as good as it got. So in a way it's that simple. Both sides of this pain want the same things. But somehow we have to get to the point where a bunch of white supremacists don't view people who are of a different race to them as being in the way. That somehow everybody deserves the basics, never mind more. That somehow you learn to not be better, to just be. But right now we have an almost 50-50 divide of pain, pure pain. And it's not going to vanish into vapour just because we have a new government. And in fact, it might grow as they simply won't be speaking to just under half of the electorate. They won't be speaking to their pain.